Hello, America. Welcome back to to All the Cars I've Loved Before, your podcast where American history and automotive history meets your history. Uh, this week, we have a special guest, a very, very good friend of the show. We kind of dive into what cars admit to you, what cars do for you, and turning around the hat means he's serious. I'm here in the fedora. He's there in the baseball cap. Um, I am Christian. He is Doug. All right, so your your humble narrators here as we move into this non-pilot episode for the second week here. Now, I did not, not to bury the lead here, but our good friend of the show, I will turn over introductions to my esteemed co-host who can, who can get us kicked off. Yeah, thank, thank you, Christian. All right, well, we have a good friend of the show, Tim Coakley, somewhat of a car enthusiast. Tim, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us about Tim. Okay. Um, yeah, I wasn't prepared for that guy. Sorry about that. Yeah, you called him somewhat of a car enthusiast, and that's a little damning with faint praise. I mean, my goodness. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt him. Go ahead. I mean, this is, a guy, this is a guy that's worked on his cars and replaced transmissions, and he's, and he's got some good stories, I hear. Well, there you go. This guy is a car enthusiast. If there ever wants to, well, that, next to me. Exactly. He doesn't pay people to fix his cars. He fixes them himself. <laughs> the other way around. Yeah, right on. Yeah, so 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 I guess I would say not to speak about myself so much, right? About uh, but but as far as relationships with cars go, um, yeah, I can remember my brother lifting out engines and transmissions off the I beam of the garage. Beautiful. When I was younger, all right. And then it was working on motorcycles and. Uh, I can recall swapping out a, a rear end of my friend's car in the ambulance garage. He was on the ambulance squad, so we used the garage there to do that job, uh, as well as others, <laughs> when nobody knew about it. Um, yeah, plenty after that, but yeah. Yeah, right on. So when did your hands get blackened with grease from the underside of a car? What what age? Uh, yeah, so I would say that I was helping my brother, right? Not doing anything, but handing him gotcha. tools, this gotcha. kind of a thing. Gotcha. I love that. Then I kind of got my own car, and I'm trying to think. There wasn't too much work to be done at first, but then I had the opportunity to get a 1972 Monte Carlo Whoa. Um, that was stuffed in a garage for maybe 10 years. It was a... A friend's girlfriend's grandmother's, um, and they got it was theirs now at this point. But he he was not a mechanic, so I bought it off him for like six hundred bucks, and I had to um, replace a freeze plug that rusted out. Uh-huh. Then uh, I did get somebody to put on exhaust system out the back, dual exhaust out the back, and uh, that car ran great. Love it, and that's 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 uh that's back when uh, the seventies, even eighties. That's when exhausts would rust out. These days, I think they're mostly stainless steel, and they last a, a good amount of time. But yeah, I know they would rust out. And Tim, you're from the Northeast, right? Your New York area, right? Originally, yep, correct. Saw some snow, right? So I'm sure there was some rust out there. Well, well salted roads, right? Yes, yes. well salted roads. We'll say and lot and lots. We don't of, have reflectors uh, on the road. We count on the reflection off the salt. Yeah. Well, lots of potholes and, and, and whatnot, certainly. But um, yeah, so since you mentioned the Monte Carlo, was that your first car? No, it was probably somewhere about my third car. 
My goodness. Okay. Yeah. But listen to him talk about it. It obviously made made an impression, and that that the whole reason for the show, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. So we want to hear. We want to hear about the car. We want to hear. You know why it left an impression. Why you brought it up first. Uh, what you loved about the car. What you hated. Any unique experiences in the car. What caused you to move on from the car. Um, you mentioned how you acquired it, which was a good story there. Well. Yeah, yeah. I could I could tell you a little bit more about that car, and probably one car before it as well. But uh, this specific car, probably why I was more attached to it, is because really I felt like I resurrected it. It had been sitting for ten years in a garage, and it was in pristine condition. Um, the thread on the seats was not even worn at all. Oh wow. Um, and it was a, you know, not a big block 350, but it was a 350 uh, and just had raging power in comparison to the other other cars from the 70s that I previously. <laughs> raging power. Yeah. Lots of torque. Lots of torque. And this was literally uh, a uh, an old lady uh, drove this car on Sundays, right? Something like that. Yeah. So. But the uh, interesting, funny story with this car before my brother wrecked it uh, was that I was coming home from a party one Saturday, Friday or Saturday night, and I stopped at a light. And then uh, a couple in a 1979 Monte Carlo proceeded to, while they were making out, not paying attention to the stoplights, just run into the back of me. Um, oh my God. So everybody was fine. Uh, they got worse damage than my car did. Um, and I was fine. Um, but yeah, anyhow, I always share that story. It's, it's a bit of a laugh. How did, how did you find out they were making out after the accident? They told me. Oh, okay. They told me. <laughs> Lipstick everywhere. Did that, 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 did, did that make it into the police report? You think, or were any cops called or you can just oh, say, Oh hey. no, I'm, I'm sure it would have made it. They weren't hiding the information. They, they <laughs> knew there was they were, they yeah, the young love. Yes. yes ex- they admitted it was their fault. Yeah. Right on. They weren't paying attention. We'll just say it that way. They were preoccupied while driving. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I would have been either. And then I got my first job out of college, which came with a company car. So I really wasn't using it and living in, in a city environment where we didn't have that much space, meaning garage and indoor driveway. And I lent it to my brother and he kind of got into another totaling experience and that was done. I, and I regret ever letting that go. But And then, and then I should say one of the cars before that one was a Horizon TC3. Yeah. I forget the year, like a 1979 or something like that, that my sister was willing to give me, but it needed a new clutch. So if I was willing to put a clutch in a front wheel drive car, um, (laughs) it was mine. So I'm like, well, I'll give it a shot. And yeah, did that job. And it was a great experience. Did that in my parents' garage. And uh, then I had a car. That's good. Good experience. So Horizon, this was a uh, Plymouth, correct? Chrysler Plymouth, yeah, one of some. Yeah, yep, and known for uh, good gas mileage, I think, based on my research. God, I can't recall. I was just happy to have a car. Yeah, yeah. yep. So four, four on the floor. Yeah, right? they're little. They were little, right? That you know, they almost harken Doug to the um, 
I'm going to say citation. I know that's heresy with a little yeah. bit of a different, a little different nose cone. Well, one of my early cars was a uh, Buick Skylark, and the, the 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 front of this is is kind of reminiscent of that, and it was just kind of rebadged BM tomfoolery. If you reference a Skylark, you really need to say the age because they were what years because they were around for that's a while. That's right. Yeah. Good point. Eighty. 384, okay. I'm yeah. going to say. Kind of not quite turd brown, but in the in the feces family, I guess one could say. I'm think- uh, it was very unattractive. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking yeah. of uh, roommates of mine that had a uh, Chevelle from that kind of era. And that, yeah. there, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, all, we're all drinking from the same right. uh, quart of oil. Yep, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And Brown's making a comeback, so don't forget. You heard it first here. What can Brown do for you? Amen. Exactly. Exactly. What color was the horizon? And uh, besides, obviously, you uh, you figured out how to and replace the um, clutch. For those of us who didn't grow up with YouTube, which includes myself, how did you uh, how did you learn how to do that? Especially on a non traditional at the time front wheel drive car. Yes. So the front wheel drive was just, you know, getting the Chilton manuals, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing it. Yeah. My brother went off to the Air Force. And uh, so it was left there to figure things out. And yeah, the, it's when you get into it that deep and you just learn, oh, everything's just a screw or a bolt or some other mechanical physics mechanism, right? That you just undo and do. You do it over again. Um, you figure it out. I, I was pretty proud of myself when I did that at the time. I'm proud of you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I should tell you another, another, and it's not a car story, but it's a motorcycle story. I've mentioned my brother and he's given me guns. Well, wait, why don't you hold that yeah, one for okay. when we fire up to all the motorcycles I've loved before? <laughs> totally kidding. Please continue. Okay. I okay. didn't mean it. Uh, Come on, let's hear it. No, it's Please. just a funny story because, as I told you, my brother was away and I had bought this motorcycle off a friend. I think it was a Yamaha 400. And I'd driven uh-huh. it a little bit before the, the, the changeover of the season. And I was going back, back and forth to college. And I thought it was pretty smart. My my brothers are electricians, but I'm going to school <laughs> for electrical engineering and stuff. And I am out there with the volt meter right. and the schematics, and I can't get this thing running for a while. And my brother comes back from the Air Force. I'm like, Brent, look. Look at that voltage, that voltage, that voltage, blah, blah, blah. I can't get it started, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he looks at it, just pulls a fuse out, rubs it in his shirt puts the fuse back in, kicks it right over like nothing. Big brother mojo. Big brother mojo. Exactly. It was was all about that the voltmeter could read the voltage, but there was corrosion that didn't let the amperage go through. Good stuff. That was a, that was a, I took that with me for the rest of my life, for sure. That lesson. Great story. Yeah. Great story. Very good. All right, so let's pick uh, lightning round here as if we're coming up on time here. Uh, Any other car that left a memory? Maybe your your parents' car, a road trip, somebody dated, et cetera, et cetera. Anything else? I have several car stories, but what I can tell you between— But we'll have you back. I promise we'll have you back. uh, Between the Monte Carlo, what I told you was I got a company car. 
And I right. pretty much had, you know, I probably had nine company cars with that, that company off. Uh, so, Jeez. yeah, so cars just didn't have the same appeal. They were just a functioning thing that I used all oh, the time. But later on, I bought a um, 1991 Isuzu Trooper. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally underpowered with a V6 2.8. But the thing just clunked along, and you know, manual windows, manual locks, and clunked along. Totally loved love that it. car. Love it. I wish it was a, a manual. Uh, I would have never gotten rid of it. Yeah, and huh. I think I kept it till two hundred and two hundred fifty-five, you know, thousand miles. Um, so, yeah. How many? <laughs> how many years I did love you own that. it? Total? I love that. Approximately. Yeah, 17 years. Nice. And, 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 and was, it traveled with you a lot, right? Yeah. Cr- between yeah. different different states. Between Minnesota, yep. But we drove it up to New Hampshire to, to pull a sailboat. We were racing sailboats at the time. Yeah. It was awesome. Love that car. Yeah. Pretty bulletproof, right? Yeah. Any uh, cool feature in the car? I, I know you mentioned you wish it had, had a uh, manual, but... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. There was not one cool feature in that car. Not Period. one? <laughs> exactly. It, wow. it was the magic trim package that included a steering wheel, which is always helpful in the rain. Well, some yeah. of these some of these cars had compasses, and it was like not a your modern compass. It was like the floating compass, if you will. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, I remember that. That's funny because the prior owner must have known about that. So he bought one of those little plastic ones that you just Velcro or tape on. <laughs> um, that did come nice. with I, I should it say. It came with a compass aftermarket. You, nice. You know what? The prior owner did put a uh, six CD changer in there with a uh, subwoofer, big subwoofer in the back and an amp. Um, I'm just not an audiophile, so that doesn't get me jazzed up. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, it was just a great vehicle, just because you couldn't kill it. I, I could always get it running again. And I wish I could tell you some other even mechanical story, but n- nothing's really coming to mind. Everything, you know, was pretty obvious there. Oh, excuse me. There is one other thing I should point out. Uh, I don't know if that everybody knows. I believe the body is from Azuzu, but the drivetrain was from uh, Chevy. So that engine and transmission, I believe, were uh, GM products. Yeah, yeah. And GM and Isuzu had a had a strong relationship. Yeah, Isuzus aren't sold in the states anymore. I'm not even sure they exist. But yeah, there were a lot of uh, clones, if you will, or uh, badge engineering that that took place. Now, let me ask you, Tim, did you start this car with a traditional key, or was there a <laughs> unique way to get the car started? Yes. It, it, later on in life, it, it just started with a screwdriver. Yeah, the key mechanism was having problems, so I pulled that out, and which harkened back to my father <laughs> driving a like 1966 Volvo into New York City, uh, a car that he started with a small screwdriver. In this case, as you can all imagine, a 1990 does have a locking steering wheel. So you do have to uh, defeat that. And uh, I had a flashlight with a clip on it. Like you could put it to your pocket protector, that kind of a clip, or put it to your hat. Your hat. <laughs> so, and 
and, and then the um, the ring to that clip, as it fitted around the flashlight, was the exact diameter I needed. So I squeezed that, cut the end off the clip, squeezed the clip closed, and inserted it, which <laughs> kept the steering wheel locking mechanism open the whole time. <laughs> Love it. Clever. Uh, Perfect. And up in northern Minnesota, that fell out one time when I was leaving a gas station. And the steering wheel locked while I was driving. Thankfully, oh, I, was my God. Still, I was still in the parking lot, did a complete circle, <laughs> parked, parked the car, <laughs> and then had to find that piece again. Yeah. These are fun. all great stories from yesteryear that most people wouldn't, uh, wouldn't know about, right? Modern cars, you have a button. Maybe it's right. a physical button. Maybe it's uh, a virtual button if you have a Tesla, right? Maybe you just get in and... Put it in drive and it goes, right? If you will. I want I want to squeeze in one story real quick, just um out of nowhere. So my middle son was hanging out with a buddy across town and he calls me on FaceTime like Saturday morning and he says, Hey, check this out. Look at my buddy's car. In his same age, they're what a 16, 16, 17, thereabouts. And his buddy has this nineteen eighty three Supra. Nice. And that's wow, his nice. everyday driver. And, uh, and, and, and my son had never seen anything like this before. So he just, you know, yeah. uh, this was Buck Rogers crap. You know, Buck Rogers in, from the 16th century, sort of. And, you know, he's FaceTiming me and, oh, look at the steering wheel, Dad. Look at this. And I said, man, that's, um, said, that, that's a real treat. You're about to drive a piece of automotive history. You're about to step into a time capsule. <laughs> I made him open the door and I was, I didn't think it would have the manual crank window or any of that. It was all electric, but kind of in the old, you know, in the old, in the old style. So, um, yeah, his buddy let him take it out for a spin and I was, I was really proud and I said, put your damn phone down when you drive. I don't want to see any of this going down the road. And I said, put the phone down and just enjoy it. That, That is a treat that that is a literal drive down. Memory lane. I remember a guy, Ron, who got a Supra mm. and cool he car. crashed the car in the old way. He was trying to make a U-turn, a young guy, not enough experience, but tried to make a U- U-turn, didn't look in the rearview mirror and whatever. Yep. <sighs> got T-boned. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So talking about paying attention while you're driving. Uh, all the time, yeah. 100%. For our young right. listeners out there, you know, for the toddlers, you know, pay, pay very close attention. Pay very close attention. Keep your lips on the road. Okay, so but we, we got to wrap up here. But but I I had to mention, do you guys remember Joe Isuzu? Yeah. Those commercials from, from, from like the age. Of course. That guy yes. was so funny. What a sleaze bag. But those were the best commercials. Those were really funny. So, yeah, I just uh, I don't want to draw this out, but another time maybe to well, don't tell all your stories, man. We we got to sandbag some of them. Yeah, just yeah. Just, just, right. just around the Azuzu Trooper, people might not know that there was something done like 2020 or Nightline. If anybody remembers, they did a story on the Azuzu Trooper tipping over. It did, and that's when yeah. it was. Yes. Yeah, Started its demise within the United States. It's funny States. that you mentioned that because I saw the whole family. I was doing something. I think I was grocery shopping the other night. And I saw this whole family 
get out of one of these like small RVs, oh, almost sure. like yeah, a yeah, yeah. Mercedes conversion. You know, they're really tall. They're almost like the worker box. Band. Yeah, they're popular these days for trips. And Are they ever, man? Yeah. The whole family piles out. And this thing looked like it was going to tip over sitting next to Chick-fil-A. Uh, I was like, holy crow. But people do it. And there must be, there must be. Those Germans are clever. There must be some physics involved where it doesn't turn. But it looks like you'd make a any turn at a stoplight, <laughs> just the whole damn or thing would fall wind. over. Like, uh, you know, yes, exactly. That's totally what I was thinking. Sorry, man, I didn't mean to interrupt. Good story. Very good point. He's a good guest. You're a good guest, man. Good voice. Good storytelling voice. We've got to have this guy back. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a lot of stories. Season two. Well, have you if if we finish season one, we'll have you back in season two. What do you say? Sounds good to me. It was my pleasure. Hey, thank you, man. Great to get to know you. Yep. Cheers. Well, everyone out in the listener land, you listening to the world's greatest podcast devoted to where American history and automotive history meet your history. Your cars mean something to you, those around you, to your family, from road trips as a kid to first dates to the first few cars you owned. To replacing your clutch in the driveway. To replacing your clutch with Big Brother. Man, no better way to to, to, to spend some time. So what, oh, if they want to get involved, let's go to our webmaster, who is unsurprisingly my undaunted co-host here. So tell us a little bit, of what, a bit about the website if somebody wants to get involved in the conversation. I know you've been working on a multimedia. Absolutely. So go to carslove.com. It's C-A-R-S-L-O-V-E-D.com. You can also find us on your, uh, via your latest, uh, your preferred uh, podcast platform. But go to carslove.com. We'll have pictures of some of the cars that we've uh, interviewed people on uh, about their cars. Maybe the actual picture. We're going to have those up there. There'll be contact information on there. Of course, you can listen to the, uh, have a link to all the podcasts. And if desired, we have a form there. You can put in your interest and just tell us what if you like our podcast, but also if you want to be on the podcast. Tell us about a couple cars. We'll talk to anybody. We're happy to have you. We want to hear your stories. Your, this is your platform, America. This is your platform to turn away from whenever you so choose. Join the nine people who've heard of this podcast, five of which are ducking our calls. But hey, this was great. Thanks to our guest, Tim, my fearless co-host, Doug, and we will see you next time.